Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the commentary for the Pendant Shakespeare Comedy of Errors Act 2. I'm your director, Landon Bell. I am joined by... Swen Halverson, the assistant director. And unfortunately, Colin Kelly couldn't join us again. Uh, But hopefully we will have him next month. If I have to drag him here. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so, Swen, this is is a special scene for you. Yep, this is my first official pendant scene I directed. (laughs) And it is very good, if I do say so. Uh, Thank you. Uh, so this is Catherine Pride as Adriana and Rochelle Hager as Luciana. And I chose this scene to direct um, because uh, Catherine Pride was in it and I've heard her in a lot of other pendant productions. That is a very good choice, my good sir. Oh, no, he is the bridal of your will. There's none but asses will be bridled. So. As a matter of fact, there was a slight tinge when you were like, "Yeah, I want that scene." I was like, "Okay, yeah, I'll fork over cat." <laughs> I know I'll get another. She shows up in the next one. Oh yeah, she's she's in the next one, and uh, I think she's in all of the later acts as well. Yeah. If you can hear, I panned the voices around a little bit and put some footsteps in and at first I had some cleaning going on but uh, that didn't seem to work very well so I took it out yeah um, what I liked about the, this is normally in a Shakespeare scene you have to keep everybody fairly stationary but uh, in this because there's a there's, there's so much unrest in this scene you can have the characters moving around this kitchen space and it makes total sense. So I was uh, I, I was really impressed to hear that because it's not so, something I'm normally able to uh, accomplish in a scene, and so it was nice to hear someone else bringing that to the show. Also, I don't know if people can hear it very well, but I did put a little bit of cloth rustling when they move. Yeah, I could I could definitely hear that when I was listening to it. Here comes your man. Now is your husband nigh. Oh, say, is your tardy master now at hand? And Dromeo. Christopher Gilstrap as Dromeo of Ephesus. Say, did thou speak with him? He just steps in the room and it makes the scene immensely funnier. <laughs> yeah. Switch to his theme. I forgot what it was called. But, uh, let's see. I, Sir Amdromeo is what you called it. Yes, uh, which, which again is a... Uh, it's based off of a line in a later scene. Say, prithee, is he coming home? It seems he hath great care to please his wife. Why, Mr. Sure, my master is horn mad. Horn mad? Now, horn mad. I mean, not cuckled mad, yeah. but he, sure, he is stark mad. When I desired him to come home to dinner, he asked me for a thousand <laughs> marks in gold. Tis dinner. Well, at least we're laughing at the episode instead of just listening to it. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that tends to be a theme on the, these commentaries. Is, uh, Will you come home? If we stop and we're just listening to it. <laughs> Uh, I do want to mention uh, 
Kat's Luciana and, uh, or, or excuse me, Adriana and uh, Rochelle's Luciana, they actually do, at least to me, sound like they're related. And that was, I, I was afraid when we did that, that they would not sound similar enough to be related. But uh, Rochelle's Luciana definitely sounds like she she probably moved away for a while and developed a different accent and came back. Hmm. And they seem to have they seem to have similar uh, vocal mannerisms when they speak. Of course, Adriana is more uh, huffy about the situation because obviously she's ticked off, and I can't blame her. Yeah. Whereas Luciana is more like, well, you know, he's gonna do what he's gonna do. Whatever. As the dialogue got more intense, I put them just slightly closer together to play that up a little bit. I hope it worked. It definitely did. It definitely did. And that's not something... I don't don't think that's something I noticed. Um, Now that you say it, I do. But... (laughs) The alluring beauty took from my poor cheek. Then he had wasted it. Also, the pathos of these two oh, characters is—it's dripping. It's dripping. It's fantastic. It sells an otherwise simple scene. That's not my fault. Now I'm not real familiar with the word pathos. Um, I looked it up, but I don't remember what it meant. It's basically the ability for the actor to convey emotion or sadness, or um, basically in a way that makes it believable. Ah. And some characters need it. And some characters don't need it. Uh, most characters in Shakespeare do, just by virtue of the fact that it is Shakespeare. Um, but a lot of times when you have smaller characters, they don't need it as much. So sometimes I'll just I'll be I'll be talking to an actor and I'll be like, just do whatever you want to do with the character. And and sometimes they'll give me pathos with the character, and sometimes they won't. And both times it usually works. Uh, it, it will just depend on the actor and the direction they want to take the character. How many fond fools serve mad jealousy? I like how matter-of-fact she is about that. <laughs> How many fond fools serve mad jealousy? And I directed this scene. Yep. Um, again, we have Pete Milan as Antipolis of Syracuse. And here in just a moment, we will have Mindy Raskinen as Dromeo of Syracuse. See, here he comes. Now, uh, this scene, again, he's outside, uh, probably a little ways from the thoroughfare now, but uh, in the background you hear a blacksmith shop. Um, It's kind of an Easter egg, but that's actually 
Was thou mad? Angelo's blacksmith shop. Thou didst answer me. And he won't show up until huh. Act when Three. Spake I such a word? Even now, even here. But it felt appropriate because basically his journey through the town is like one big long strip. He gets off at the thoroughfare, he goes to the restaurant, Dromeo goes to the hotel, then he keeps walking and he keeps walking and he goes to Angelo's and... I'm glad to see you in this merry vein. Even though there is day and night in this play, it, it still plays out very, it, it, very much in a linear fashion. That's hard to tell in a audio play, though. <laughs> it, it, it is. It's very much something you have to really, really pay attention to in order to catch on to. Uh, but people people who are familiar with this play will, will uh, remember that this play is one of just a couple that Shakespeare wrote that are um, they fill all the criteria for a the Greek style of play, which means that they all take place in a single place. Most Shakespeare plays take place in multiple locations and different cities, different continents, all kinds of places. But this one, you can stage it on stage and not really have to change your set pieces. Uh, in audio, you change your set pieces a little bit more, but not... Does thou not Tons? know? Nothing, sir, but that I am beaten. Well, sh shall I tell you why? Ah, uh, sir, and wherefore? For they say every why hath a wherefore. Why first for flouting me, and then wherefore for urging it the second time to me? Was there ever any man thus beaten? So this song here in the background is uh, an advocate for the, which well, is uh, you you might remember that from. Act so 1, the beginning of Act 1, with, uh, Aegean. For nothing. Yeah. I'll make you amends next. Give you nothing for something. But, say, sir, is it Also, uh, oh, for Tabula Rasa fans, Dromeo's line there, Was there ever any man thus beaten out of season, when in the why and the wherefore it was not the rhyme, no reason? Was a line that was also featured in Tabula Rasa. Lest it make you which is my favorite. That, yeah. It's my favorite pendant show, Shameless Plug. Well, so learn to jest in good <laughs> Excuse me. Hashtag Shameless Plug. Hashtag Rasa Thoughts. By what rule, sir? Mary, sir, by a rule as plain as the plain bald pate. And for you listeners that aren't on Twitter, that probably made no sense. But uh, just go search hashtag Rasa Thoughts and you will... You will then be able to see and indulge in the wonderfulness that is. May he not do it by a fine and recovery. Yes, to pay a fine for a periwig and recover the lost hair of another man. Why is time such a niggard of hair? And this is Mindy Raskinen again. Yes, as Romeo of Syracuse. Romeo of Syracuse. Yes. Now this is this is probably going to sound bad coming from a director, but it's understandable coming from a human. Uh, I have to keep going back and looking at my cast list to see which Dromeo and which Antiphilus is who, or, or his who, excuse me. <laughs> um, 
because it very easily gets hey, confused in the mind. Pray you. Sure ones then. Hey, not sure. In a thing false. Surefire way to confuse a director. Hey, Name your characters the same thing. The money that he spends in trimming. I'm actually uh, really thankful for my actors. They corresponded with each other in email, and they said, uh, you might want to use the same exact naming convention for your lines um, in order to confuse them less. And I noticed when I was uh, doing this scene that it, it helped me to keep up with which line belonged to who. I knew it would be a bold conclusion. But soft. Who wafts us yonder? <laughs> Twould be a bold uh, conclusion. Look that entire exchange is just random. Kind of like the entire play. Yeah. <laughs> the time was once when now unurged was vowed that never words were music to thine ear. That never That's one of the things about Shakespearean comedies is that they well, they always have random moments in them, even if they're not entirely random. Taste. Unless I spake or looked, I just or feel like this particular Shakespeare comedy is more random than all the others. I can see that. <laughs> it, it's got a it's got a great degree of randomness in it that is seemingly unrivaled. Uh, once again, we have Catherine Pride as Adriana here. For no, my love. And Luciana is also here. But she hasn't spoken yet. She just runs in. You hear her footsteps and you don't hear her speak. That's one of the fun things about directing Shakespeare is a lot of times you'll have scenes where characters are in the scene. They, they have to be there for the scene to make sense. But all you hear is their footsteps for the longest time. Hmm. So if you're not if you're if you're not paying very very close attention you you can miss it and then you're like wait what from my false hand cut the wedding ring and break it with a deep divorce and vow I know thou can't I think for the most part we we avoid those uh, hey what moments I am possessed I know in Julius Caesar there was there were several instances where characters would walk into a room but uh they could be panned in certain ways that would make them uh, fit into the scene without feeling random once they started speaking. Keep then far league and truce with my true bed. I live unstained, thou undishonored. Plead you to me, fair dame? I know you not. In Ephesus, I am but two hours old, as strange unto your town as to your talk. Who every word by all my wit being scanned want wit and all one word to understand. My brother, how the world has changed with you. When were you want to use my sister thus? She sent for you by Dromeo. So as an exercise of humor, I've tried to consider how in the world I would respond to something like this. And I have no idea. I honestly have no idea how I would respond if two random people approach me and they're like I'm your wife and I'm your sister-in-law villain thou last yeah her very words didst thou deliver to me on the mart I never spake with her in all my life how can she thus confused it's like you have the you have the option to play along 
you have the option to call the police, or you have the option to do what Antiphilus is doing and being like, uh, yeah, no, you're crazy. <laughs> you're crazy, but am I crazy? <laughs> that's, that's kind of the brilliance of it, is really everyone is losing their mind, basically. an elm, my husband. I have vine whose weakness, married to thy stronger state, makes me with a strength to communicate. And of course, Antipholus of Syracuse has a very unrestrained hand. When he uh, beats Dromeo. It's another one of those things that just uh, it, it grates on me a little bit. I, I don't like it. But there's what, historical context for it, and part of part of the reason we set the play in the Old West is that type of slapstick comedy can work in the Old West. Because they did things in the Old West that didn't necessarily fit the manner of law. Like, obviously, if you, if you had a, a servant man and you beat him, there's, there's going to be a law in any other time period where you could be in serious trouble for that. But in the Old West, things were unregulated, and people could get away with that. Unfortunately, but... I think thou art in mind. So am I. Hey, master, both in mind and in my shape. Well, thou has thine own form. No, I am an ape. If thou art king, <laughs> I, I love that line. I am an ape. She rides me and I long for grass. So I am an ape. I long for grass. This is actually the second role that Mindy has played where she is, or, or at least on this show, where she has said that she is an ass. And that was totally unintentional on my part. Uh... And I realized it when I was mixing this, and I was like, oh, okay. Fate has shined its light upon us, and here we are. <laughs> Fenny, ask you for your master. Say he dines forth, and let no creature enter. Come, sister. Dromeo, play the portal. Yeah, M Mindy's Dogberry in Much Ado About Nothing is one of my favorite characters Mad. that she has portrayed oh, on the Ben and Shakespeare. Into these and to myself I haven't heard that one. Oh, it is oh, excellent. Say as they say, Most excellent. So. And in this mist it all adventures go. I actually kind of did the same thing you did with uh, your scene with Cat in it where I was telling Colin, yes, I, I would like to direct that scene that has Dromeo in it. <laughs> or, uh, excuse, excuse me, Dogberry. That has Dogberry in it, uh, because it was most funny and most fun to direct. And what you know, we're here at the end. Yep. After I have babbled on enough. <laughs> well, I warned you, I wasn't much of a conversationalist. We will break your shell yet, Swin. <laughs> Go ahead, send us uh, send us questions for Swin at uh, wildbillvarietyshow at gmail.com. Or you can send them to me on Twitter. I am at the Bellman on Twitter. That's spelled B-E-A-L-L-M-A-N. 
because my ancestors couldn't spell. <laughs> I am at Sven Halver, but I don't know if I don't get on there very much. That's okay. You can send the questions for Sven to me, and I will post them to him. <laughs> And once again, we have Brian Reed here doing the credits. As we as we laugh over them because that's what we do here. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty, folks. We will catch up with you in one month, and hopefully, we will have a dramaturge back with us. Later. Peace. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty.